I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Today, I'm Brittany, and joining me today, as always, is my friend, Emily Lynn. Hi, Emily. Hi, Brittany. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I, th- I think I'm getting sick, though, because um, I was at Disneyland for four days with possibly millions of millions of sick children and people, so I might be getting that. How was how Disneyland? It was great. I can't remember the last time I went to Disneyland for four straight days, but I got to say that if you can do it, I would recommend it because, I mean, you wake up happy every day because you're like, I get to go to Disneyland. Like, even when I was getting off work last Tuesday, I'm like, I'm going to be sitting in two hours and 30 minutes of traffic, but at the end of the day, I'm going to be at Disneyland, and that's all that mattered. So the big question, did you get to go on the ride? Yes, twice. Awesome. Yes. The ride. It was great. It, yeah. Yes. It. It is everything a Disney ride should be. And just a ride in general. Because, you know, there's just surprises. There's all the animatronics. And there's, like, so much thought that goes into it. Like... It sounds dumb, but as I was walking into the line for this ride, I already liked it way more than all of Galaxy's Edge. Okay, so what actually is the ride? So, it's a lot. So, okay, you you go through... I guess you're on like a secret rebel base and you're walking through the rooms and everything. You see like a beautiful waterfall. You walk inside, you see a bunch of pilot gear, you see guns, you see this and that. And then you're put into this room where you get a hologram from Ray and Ray's like, Hey guys, I'm Ray. Thanks for joining the resistance. Uh, My friend Finn is on a star destroyer right now trying to infiltrate the first order and we need to beat them and we need to beat Kylo Ren. So thanks for joining us. So then uh, and then they're like, okay, so we're going to bring you to our other secret base to help us out. And yeah, go have fun. Thank you for joining. So then we get on this ship. Um, it's a Mon Cal guy. I forget what his name is. He's driving it. And then Poe and two other X-Wing fighters are um, guiding us. And 
two like swing fighters that they're out pose like oh god i can't do anything you guys are in a tractor beam so we're in a tractor beam and we are arrested by the first order we put on their ship we are prisoners of the first order so that's that room that you see with all the stormtroopers and all of the people like dressed up like imperials uh we are captured we are in jail so we we walk to uh we walk in a line to i guess we're gonna be put in the jail cells and when we're in the jail cells, there's this like big screen and it's supposed to be Kylo and Hux. And they're like, oh, tell us where this rebel base is. You need to tell us. And then Kylo Ren's like, "Ugh, I'll be back. So then you hear a bunch of commotion in the background. And then the wall right next to you, like it looks like someone's like putting like a lightsaber through it. Mm-hmm. And then something opens. And then it's someone that's like, hey, we're with the resistance. We're going to rescue you. So you're put into this like probe droid thing like i i don't know how to like describe it but like they're gonna get us out of the ship and we're gonna be put into um an escape pod and then go where we're supposed to go but like through that you know we're going through the star destroyer we almost get beaten up by atats uh we see an animatronic fin that looks really good He's fighting and he's like, okay, guys, you go this way. And then we see a couple of animatronic uh, Kylo Ren's and those are okay. I think that they should have made him taller. And then we go into the the escape pod and then we drop and then it's kind of turns into Star Tours. Because first, like the beginning of the ride was kind of like Indiana Jones and the Haunted Mansion had a kid. Okay. That's the ride. Okay. And then you're put into this room and it's kind of like Star Tours and the move, room's just moving around a lot. Like we're acting like we're trying to get away from the First Order. And then we do eventually and then the ride's over. Okay. It was, it was amazing. It, <sighs> that sounds cool. Yes. I am I'm so excited that this ride exists because it, it, it doesn't complete Galaxy's Edge, but it makes Galaxy's Edge kind of enjoyable. Because you feel like you're in Star Wars when you're on that ride. Not when you're walking around Galaxy's Edge and looking at like the $17 porgs or the $18 blue milk. Like you you feel like you're part of something and you're doing something and that you're part of this, this different world. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but... It, it was awesome. The only thing that sucked, though, was the getting the reservations. Like, the first time that we got on the ride, we were lucky because um, my sister and Rusty um, got uh, the boarding passes, but they couldn't be able, they couldn't go on the ride because Rusty had to go to school. So we were able to get them on our Disney account, which was awesome. I didn't think it would work, but it did. And then the second day... Um, I messed, I messed something up. Like I, I wasn't able to take Rusty's uh, pass information out of my account. And like that made it add like extra seconds to the boarding pass. Cause literally Emily, it's like when you're waiting to get like the boarding pass and you're waiting for it to be nine o'clock or eight o'clock, whatever, what time the park opens, like you're just surrounded by nervous people. And as soon as I clicked on the app, like you already hear screaming, you're like, shit, like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to go on this ride because all these people are already getting reservations. But we got it. We were like a backup boarding group because we did it so late. But I mean, we went on the ride around like eight or nine o'clock 
And I felt really bad because there was a couple next to us who forgot to put their um, pass information on the app. So they weren't able to get boarding passes. So that sucks. Like when you're surrounded by all these people and the anticipation and anxiety is up and then you see that someone didn't get to go. Because then it's like you wasted your time. You know, you get to the park early. And I mean, we got there like an hour early. And still, like, that would have sucked for us, you know, getting there early, waking up early, like, making an effort to do all these things and not being able to go on the ride. But I think in the next couple weeks, it's going to be first come, first serve, and they're going to get rid of this boarding pass thing. So, thank God for that. How how long is the ride? Altogether, I mean, it depends. It depends on how long the line is. It depends. Because, I mean, the line is definitely an experience, too. So, I would say like an hour okay an hour if there's not a lot of people in line because i mean when you go onto like the rebel ship before you're captured by the first order you're with about like 50 50 something people and then you're put into the um your little jail cell and then like there's a line in there too but i mean you're surrounded by all these people you know, cast members dressed up like they're in the first order. You see a bunch of stormtroopers walking around. Like it's very immersive and it's very well thought out and very detailed. And it's something that I don't know why Galaxy's Edge was missing that. Like I, I think they should have released Galaxy's Edge at the same time with this ride because this ride just makes so much sense. And it makes so much sense that they spent so much time doing this and so much effort. Like this, this is art. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. It was awesome. I think I when you come down or when anyone comes down, you all should ride it. Um, Disneyland did increase their uh, prices today for tickets. But there's a bunch of like, I wouldn't say like clickbait, but they're saying that like tickets are now $200. And that's okay. That's true, but that's also false because now there's uh, tiers, tires, tiers. So before it was three of them. It was value, regular, and peak. So obviously value is like the cheaper one and peak is the expensive one. So now with these tiers, um, one being like eh, off season and five being like, whoa, this is the season. I think... The end of the celebration is at the end of summer, so I doubt that you're going to be spending $200 if if you want to go to just Disneyland for one day. So I don't think anyone should be like scared about that or anything, but definitely if anyone has questions about buying tickets to Disneyland or what to do, please ask me because I want to help you. Your area of expertise Yes. I've already helped like a couple of people and it just it's so nice because just it's like I love helping people like that's like my not my calling but just I love and especially with Disney and it's like I want everyone to have a good time and I want everyone to know that you know if if they need anything or if they're stuck like I'm right there like I can just like swoop on in and be like all right uh, what are you guys going to do? Uh, do you need dinner reserve? Do you need dining reservations? Do you want to get a fast pass somewhere? Uh, do you want to go somewhere? Where there's not a lot of people. Do you want to go on a ride that, you know, the line goes by fast? Like, you know, I'm here. I'm ready to party. 
That's cool. Because if anybody comes to New York and asks me what they should do, I just want to be like, leave me alone. I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> I also don't want to be like annoying about it too, being like, I know it's your guys' personal vacation, but I'm just going to drop on it. You know, I just... <laughs> I'm going to be your fifth wheel. No, I don't know. I just want everyone to have a good time. And then still, they haven't announced um, that Disneyland after dark yet. They haven't announced when they are going to start selling tickets, which is kind of annoying because, I mean, I know that a lot of of our friends might be feeling anxious about it because it's like it's a lot of money. Yeah. And. I don't know. It's like, you know, they're planning everything. Like, we don't know, like, what live shows, what days those are going to be on. We don't know, like, what events we want to go to. Because it's it's Hanaheim. There's going to be tons of shit going on, you know? And then I still have to plan, like, you know, like, downtown Disney meetups. Or, like, let's all get Dole Whip and celebrate that we're here in California and we're living it up, you know? Yeah. I mean, in terms of live shows, the only thing that is a must do for me is whatever steel does oh yeah that's like number one on my list yeah yeah i don't know i should actually talk to him and see if he wants me to write something this year yeah i don't know i mean he could just send us another voicemail and let us know because i know he's probably listening hi steel (laughs) hi steel uh, um, speaking of people we like, <laughs> it's, it's Chris Fresh's birthday. I mean, it won't be once this episode goes up, but currently in Australia, it is Chris Fresh's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Chris Fresh! Happy birthday, Chris Fresh! Is that why you put the Monsters Inc. monsters when you're saying happy birthday to him? It was not. Monster. It was not subtle. Yes, <laughs> it's all connected. I get it now. I was just. I was thinking. Like, why did? Why is there a Monsters Inc. gift saying "Happy Birthday" to Chris Fresh? But it, but now I get it. Like it. It's all complete. Yeah, he's a monster, but a monster that we love. Yeah, I love Monsters Inc. Me too. It's a good movie. I haven't watched that in so long. Did you ever watch Monsters University? No. I hear it's not as good at all. It's okay. I mean, it's nice to see the characters again, but I mean, I think a sequel would be great. And I think they'll do that because they spent so much time doing a sequel for The Incredibles, and that was not very good. But they're doing that, that like, Monsters TV show, aren't they? I think so. Like Monsters at Work or whatever it's called? Yeah, I think so. So that should be good. And that's going to be on Disney Plus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of Disney Plus, real quick, there was a movie that was just released on Disney Plus called Timmy Failure, Mistakes Were Made. And I gotta say, that was a great movie. Oh my god. I can't, can't deal with you right now. It was so good. Just the humor and total the polar bear just steals the show. Ugh. That movie is art itself. Like, just everything. Like, the humor and just 
the kid thinks he's a detective and it's so funny and just the way that he interprets things i just ah it's art i love it it's good i don't want to spoil it yet i'll just say that i watched it and i loved it and emily watched it and emily what did you think emily watched half an hour of it why did you stop because it was boring as shit and that kid was annoying the fuck out of me (laughs) (sighs) did you not like that he was a detective I didn't like it that he was a person. Oh my god, Emily. I thought he was an annoying little brat. I did not like him. I, the polar bear was fine. I don't know. I wish I had a polar bear imaginary friend. I mean, you that's what you can just have one. That's what imaginary friends are. I guess, but... I mean, you have to put a lot of thought into like an imaginary friend. Like You have to have... I don't, it, there's there's like a long process that goes with an imaginary friend. When my mom was a little girl, her imaginary friend was a cow named Santa Mena, who she blamed whenever she would do bad things. <laughs> my mom used to tell me that like imaginary friends were like guardian angels and like she would put like religion to it and be like, oh yeah, that's like someone that that died and they're like following you and they're like watching over you (laughs) that's terrifying i know because like i I had an imaginary friend when i was little and you know just i would describe her to my mom and mom was like oh well i don't know anyone that has like blonde hair she's like is do you think it's someone that used to know i'm like i don't know but it's funny that's wild i know well, we also watched another movie this week. Yeah, we both saw Birds of Prey. Yeah. Emily, what'd you think? I fucking loved it. Oh my god, so much fun. Um, Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. We're not gonna like go d- deep into this, but there might be some um, spoilers here and there, so we'll put a timestamp on this, because I definitely want to encourage people to see this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already I already liked Margot Robbie, and I knew she was talented. She's the only good part of Suicide Squad. But even then, that movie is so, like, male gazy and the gross, like, daddy's little monster shirt. And the fact that the camera is, like, on her ass that entire goddamn movie. That this movie that she really spearheaded, you know, written by a woman, directed by a woman... Almost every single dude in this movie is a fucking dirtbag. And I love it. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. What did you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I didn't like it as much as you did. Like, I, I appreciate Margot Robbie. And I don't know. I just... I, I didn't... The plot wasn't really, like anything that I not that I wanted but I I just thought it was an okay movie I mean I think everyone did amazing all the men were fucking trash Ewan was trash I hated him in this movie that scene where that girl's laughing and he thinks that oh yeah okay so most of this movie Ewan McGregor is 
ridiculous, over-the-top, like, super hammy. And there's this scene when he's just gotten, like, like best or something, and he's in the club that he runs, and some woman at another table starts laughing. And obviously not at him. Like, just having a conversation. And he, like, flips out and thinks that he's laughing at her. And it's like stand up on the table and she's like what the fuck are you talking about and she's like stand up on the table right fucking now and he makes her get up on the, on the table and orders her to dance and then has the date she is with cut off her dress and it is such a terrifying turn in a character that is otherwise like a ridiculous joke of a villain like, he's creepy and all and, like, cuts off people's faces, but mostly he's not somebody you take seriously. And that it's not a moment you would get in a movie written by a guy. Yeah, that was so haunting. And, God, the fight scenes were so good too i think they had the same stunt coordinator that they had for john wick or something the fight scenes are really good they're they're generally actually lit so you can tell what the fuck's going on which is great i mean i'm a sucker for any movie where the climax is at a carnival (laughs) i love that shit it it's so like colorful and cool when they are oh my god the scene when they're going down the slide and Huntress jumps on top of the dude, kills him and uses him as a sled <laughs> was so goddamn good. And I, one thing I, one thing I like about this, and it's one of my, my big complaints about superhero movies in general is I really, really like that. It's not, the fate of the world is at stake. Yeah. Not every story needs to be about somebody saving the world. This is a very small story with very, like, character-driven personal stakes. Yeah, I I really like that. You know, I thought it was interesting, too, how, you know, one of the big parts of the movie, I think, was that, you know, she identified herself as just Harley Quinn, you know, because before she would always be like thinking that, you know, she was the Joker's girl. And I feel like that was just mentioned so much about the Joker and everything. And I think I would have preferred if they mentioned the Joker less, but it's like, I get that, you know, she's overcoming that, you know, she's her own person and she's worse than, you know, the Joker and that she, she, I don't, and it's kind of hard to explain, but it, it was kind of reminding me of like, a breakup movie where you know we broke up and you know i'm becoming my own person and i am fantastic i am great hear me roar and i like that but i just the joker is just so gross and just thinking about jared leto just makes my skin just well man do they avoid the fuck out of the jared leto joker like it's in the same universe that you know it's a jared leto joker but like the drawing that she has up on him that she's throwing knives into looks like old school comic book Joker. And one of my favorite parts is when Cassandra Kane is in her apartment and she's like, who is that? 
and has no idea who Joker is. <laughs> Such a great moment. Really funny, but also cool in terms of like you see Harley thinking about that. The other, like another great scene is when she is in the bar talking to Black Canary and has that whole, you know, what a Harlequin is and and gives this whole thing about the Harlequin lives to serve somebody. And so that's why, I mean, I feel like that's why you have to, you have to talk about the Joker so much is because that's what this movie is, is her realizing she is a person. Mm-hmm. And I and I like that because you can't. It's hard to do Harley stuff without talking about the Joker. And I guess you know, in the comics, off and on, and I and I haven't I haven't picked them up now. I think I think now she's on her own. But because that character's whole existence is because of Joker and has been tied so inexorably from that character that it, that especially after Suicide Squad and how mm-hmm. they set her up there, you can't just have her be on her own without showing how she got there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't know, just... And... Yeah. Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. He's a piece of shit and also a terrible Joker. Both of those things. Um, he's a huge fucking creep. Anyway, the movie's great. The women are wonderful. Um, it's super violent. The man, man, do they earn that R rating? They did. I didn't know it was rated R before sitting there and watching it because I heard Harley Quinn say fuck so many times. And then, like, the music would keep saying fuck. And I'm like, why does everyone keep saying fuck? Oh, man, I, I, love realized. The, I love the soundtrack to this movie. It's just, like, totally pump me up. Like, I want to go out and kick some ass soundtrack. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I really, I went into it with. I was looking forward to it, but I went to it with middling expectations because of how often the DC movies have been terrible. But this was just right in my sweet spot of being super fun, but also seriously having something to say. And I just, I really, I really liked it. I, I think Rosie Perez is amazing. I don't even, I can't remember the last time I saw Rosie Perez in a movie. So her as Montoya here is great. I am very happy that they kept her character queer. Like she is in the comics, but you know, movies, it's like, you know, who the fuck ever knows if you're going to see representation or not. But totally acknowledged here with her ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And she's, does a kick-ass job. Everybody was good. I thought it was super funny. And again, like the fight scenes, I just love, love, love how they did the fight scenes in this movie. 
Yeah, the fight scenes were really good. I don't know. Like, I really, really like Harley Quinn. And I'm glad that she got a standalone movie. I I hope we get more. I mean, I know that... I mean, technically... Uh, not even technically. Like, everyone thinks that this movie is, like, bombing in the box office, right? Well, the thing is, though... Yeah, if it had had a, you know, $300 million budget, sure. But this movie cost them $80 million and is rated R, so that automatically cuts your audience. And it's coming out in February, for God's sake. <laughs> and, like, it's already made its budget back. Like yeah, yeah, it didn't. It did not make as much money as they were hoping it was going to. Like it, it was a softer opening than they wanted. But I really hope it doesn't become this thing where, and it is. You can see how we talk about movies now, which is if a movie doesn't come out and like break records, it's automatically a failure, and that's insane. We have just such like high standards for like movies nowadays and it just our standards are just like ridiculous well then again because the only standard is did it did it break a box office record and if it didn't then that movie it failed and then they do like the predictions like they predicted this will get 50 mil this weekend or something and when it would reach that it's like oh this movie's a failure and then like what some theaters they changed like the name of the movie yeah uh, I think they they put like Harley Quinn Birds of Prey, which honestly is what the movie should probably should have been called from a marketing perspective, what the movie should have been called from the beginning. Yeah, probably. I think the title's too long. Well, yeah, and, and Birds of Prey just doesn't have any recognition, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, at least not to, to a broader audience. Um. I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I might go see it again. Like, it's sort of... In in terms of its feminism, it's what I had hoped that Wonder Woman would be. And I liked Wonder Woman. I mean, that movie has some goddamn problems. But... This this is my fa- of the, like the DC movies that are in like the DC universe. So not counting like the Nolan Batman's or Burton Batman's or anything like that. This is by far my favorite movie. Oh, that's good. I really hope Wonder Woman is going to be good. The next one. It has to be right because Pedro Pascal is going to be in it. We got Kristen Wiig. I mean, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, that the I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. Yeah. I think I don't think it'll be terrible. No, I I hope not, and I doubt it. I mean, I don't think that a DC movie is capable of being. Did you of terrible? Did you see? What did you see? You don't think a DC movie is capable of being terrible? Now most of them are terrible. Well, now I feel like we're in the era of like decent, okay DC movies because like five years ago when we got Batman versus Superman, that was that movie fucking blows. What even was that? Bad. Justice League is trash. Suicide Squad is trash. I have not seen Aquaman, admittedly, because I 
cannot give a shit about guy who talks to fish. I'm just like Jason Momoa does nothing for me. Yeah. Well, he's not very good. And that is a problem. <laughs> yeah. Like he's really, really, really buff. And like that is about it. Yeah, I mean, he just plays himself in like movies. Big buff guy. And like now it's just big buff guy who can talk to fish. I don't know. Maybe it's a good movie. I just I, I have no interest in it. Have you seen Shazam? I did. I watched Shazam because I know how much Dirty Uncle Mitch on the Geek Dudes loves it. And I was, like, re-listening to some old episodes of theirs when they were talking about it. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch this movie. I, I thought it was... I mean, I'm not the target audience for that movie. Yeah. In any way. No. Because one thing, it's very much a family movie. And it doesn't have any sort of even nostalgic pull for me because it is a character I am completely unfamiliar with. Like, I, I knew the premise of the character. Which he's a kid, and when he says Shazam, then he's an adult with superpowers. All, all the only thing I knew about it. Never seen a second of it. Never read any of it. No idea. Yeah, I don't know. I, but, I thought yeah. it was cute. Yeah, it was. It was a perfectly enjoyable movie. Um, I, I, I don't like that actor. Is my big problem with it. He just looks too perfect. Like. But he's not, you know, just he just that, that smile. I think that's Zachary. He's Levi, very right. Yeah, he's very, very cheesy. And maybe that works for the character. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's still. Like, he just it's, it's very hard for me to enjoy him. But overall, yeah, I thought it was good. And I liked the other kids. I liked the the little foster sister a lot. Oh, me too. And I liked the I liked the foster parents too. Yeah, I fucking hate the DC logo though that goes before the movies. That is <laughs> fucking garbage. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I I don't know. I don't even notice it. It's trash. Awful. Fucking awful. It looks like you're about to watch like one of the animated shows or something and you're sitting there like watching like a real movie in the movie theaters. I don't know. It, I'm just a little nitpicky with DC. I feel like because we have Marvel, I feel like my expectations for these movies, which is another unrealistic expectation, but Oh, being a cool movies, fucking Parasite, man. Dude, the Oscars this year, they did not disappoint. I love those memes, like, talking about how, like, they went from, like, the Green Book last year to Parasite this year. Like, it's, I, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I'm so, 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 I was, I, I mean, it, I did not think there was a chance it was going to get Best Picture. You know, I thought, I thought there was a chance, a, a decent chance he'd get director, although, I mean, Sam Mendes did a war movie, and the Academy loves war movies. 
So I thought it might go that way. But I thought Parasite was going to get, I mean, obviously going to get international film and maybe screenplay. But no way did I think it was going to get Best Picture. When I saw that he won for Best Director, I knew. That's the second I knew. I'm like, they're going to win Best Picture. Like, no doubt. Like, yeah, the Academy loves war movies. Especially, you know, this was not only a World War I movie, but a continuous movie that looked like it was shot in one take, which apparently it was. You see what Ryan Johnson said about how, like, Benedict Cumberbatch was, like, waiting in the cellar for, like, six months. (laughs) I don't know. That always makes me laugh. But, yeah, just... Everyone who I wanted to win won. Like, Taiki Watiti even walked away with an Oscar, which was surprising, but fucking great. I mean, here's the thing is, I, I like JoJo. I, I, I don't think it's actually the best adapted screenplay, but I like him so much that I don't give a shit. I mean, I haven't seen the movie yet, and I don't want any spoilers, but I mean, basically, it's just about a kid and his imaginary friend is Hitler, right? Yeah. Without getting into spoilers, yes, that's what the movie is about. I really need to see that, because I feel like that's just him. Like, that's wonderful content right there. I don't know. But... Yeah, no, he's he's really good. The whole cast, well, I mean, Scar Johansson, whatever, but the kids are really good in that movie. Sam Rockwell is maybe the best he's ever been. Uh, it's like really super weird performance for him, but I know some people who really hate that movie, and I it's it's weird because I I get why, but I still really like it. Why would they hate it? I mean, for the obvious reasons. I mean, like Hitler being portrayed, but. No, but they have the sort of that it's it's. They they don't feel like there's really a lot of substance there, Mm. which is which is possibly true. It's it's an argument like I've seen some reviews of it from from critics that I respect where I go, okay, I see where you're coming from there. That it's this really, um, I don't, I can't think of the word I want. That that it's all just sort of like whimsy without any real heart to it. Hmm. Yeah, like I don't agree with that, but I, I, I get it. Like this is a movie that I could have really not liked. Yeah. But man, Parasite, fuck, awesome. Uh, he's so, Pong Jung Ho is so, Jun Ho, sorry, he's so cool. His, like, reactions were great. You know, the first time an international film has won Best Picture, that's, I mean, incredible. It really is. And, it makes me like sit there while watching the Oscars and be like, I'm I'm not wasting my time. Like I am seeing people who should win awards, you know, not Scarlett Johansson, who was nominated for everything for some reason. And it was wonderful seeing her not win. <laughs> there's there's nothing I really got super mad about this year. 
There's ones I disagreed with, but there's nothing that really pissed me off. Usually there's always stuff that really pisses me off. What did you disagree with this year? Well, again, like, I mean, I don't, I don't think it should have been Jojo. Um, I, um, trying to remember. There was something else that I can't remember now. But again, it was all like, it was people I was mostly fine with. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that I kind of think that Into the Unknown should have won the Grammy for best song. Not Grammy, you know what I mean, Oscar. But I don't know. I mean, it's Elton fucking John, so of course. Yeah, and like, I don't know. There's there's just stuff that I like it would have just it was like personal preference stuff. Mm-hmm. On some of like the the like technical awards. But there was certainly there was no there was no green book this year. There's no Rami Malik this year. Oh god. <laughs> the world is great again. <sighs> and if this, you know, gets more people watching Parasite, then I'm very happy person. Yeah, everyone should watch that movie. Like, it's something that I still think about. Like, I slept on it, and I woke up, and I'm like, holy shit. This is a movie. This is a masterpiece. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's fucking incredible. Although, all those wins did make it more egregious that they didn't get a single acting nomination. Yeah, they, I I think they should have been. Who do you think um, should have gotten the acting nomination well that's where you run into trouble because this is a real ensemble movie Mm -hmm. so i i kind of feel like almost everybody maybe fits into supporting but i would have i gotta look up his name i can never remember it the 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 guy who played the dad yeah i was gonna say he did a phenomenal job. I feel like he was definitely like one of the mains of this movie. And, yeah, and he's he's worked with Hong Chung Ho before a couple times, right? Yeah, and he is so damn good. But I mean, I'm 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 still I'm I'm so happy that they got everything else that they got. Me too. Happy that it was a great Oscars experience. The Oscars does so much better without a host, too. Oh, I I disagree. Oh, really? You think there should be a host? I think get a host and do less stupid fucking montages, and I I could do without any of the musical numbers. Oh, you made my favorite part. You got to see Elsa's uh, all the different Elsa's singing into the unknown. You got to see Elton John, you know, go up there. Um, you got to see Billie Eilish sing for... Yeah, and then Eminem for some reason. Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I mean, it's just weird. It's incredibly weird. I don't... I want to... I, I should have read to see if anything had come out of how, why that decision was made. It's just bizarre. Like whatever, whatever you think of him and whatever you think about that song, I, I actually think it's a great song. It's weird to do in twenty twenty. 
Yeah, I mean, I saw him post something on Instagram saying, like, thanks for letting me perform. Sorry, it was 18 years late. But, I mean, like, who is sitting there, you know, at the conference to, okay, what are we going to have at the Oscars? And someone's like, I have a great idea. Remember Eminem? Let's bring him back. He just had an album come out. Let's do it. It's it's so weird, especially when it's like 18 years. That's such a weird like it's not even like, oh, 20 years ago he won this and we didn't have him perform there. But it like it's just it's fucking weird. Yeah, it was. It did get some hilarious reactions, though, because there's this shot of, of Scorsese reacting to it. <laughs> and he looks so damn confused. His reactions are really good. We saw a lot of good reactions from Kelly Marie Tran, too. She got more airtime here during, uh, compared to the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> also, holy shit, Oscar Isaac with that beard. Beards do wonders. I mean, he's always a good-looking dude, but the, the salt-and-pepper beard, god damn. Beards are great. Just when a man has a good beard, all is right. It's got to be a good beard, though. Yeah. And that is a really good beard. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed watching the Oscars. And I'm glad that the Oscars was an experience because usually it's not. I mean, I watch it every year because it's like a yearly tradition with my mom and my sister. We get Chinese food. We watch the red carpet because we're all really into... uh, or fashion and fashion during award show season i think that's my favorite time of year is seeing what trends are in or seeing what everyone's wearing but i don't know it's been kind of like the past couple of years i haven't really seen anything that i'm like oh my god like i think that the peak was the oscars when ellen hosted i feel like that was when i saw a bunch of beautiful beautiful gowns but this year too i saw a bunch like i'm trying to think of like who i really liked um our girl Holly in The Outsider, her dress was beautiful. Oh, I don't think I saw that. Um, I'm trying to think who else I really liked. I can't think of anyone right now, but you know whose dress I really liked? Who's? And it's it's definitely an old lady dress, but she's also 82, and that's Jane Fonda's. Oh yeah, Jane Fonda. She wore that dress a couple years back. It's gorgeous, and the fact that she's 82. Like, oh. I realize she has access to a ton of plastic surgery and shit that normal people can't afford. But she, looks good. she she doesn't look like super weird plastic sh- surgery, you know? Like, and, But she certainly doesn't look 82. I know. Oh, Natalie Portman looked wonderful, too. And did you see how she had all the names of all the directors that were women that should have been nominated? Just... All the women that yeah. should have been nominated yeah. for Oscars. Yeah. That was a statement. That was beautiful. I fucking love Natalie Portman. Like, everything, you know, she's doing, you know, for the environment and for... God, like, she's just a good person. Her dress was really great. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I guess we should talk a little Star Wars before we go into our outsider news. Or outside of review. Okay. So our our friend Corey from Kessel Run Transmissions revealed some news about the Rebel spinoff show. And apparently it's going to be released this November. Okay. And 
our our lovely friend with the hat, Dave. He's on board. Ahsoka and Sabine are on board. Not sure about Ezra and Thrawn. It might be with the whales still, or maybe that'll be like a season one finale thing where they finally pull the lever and like take him out of whale world. I don't know, but it's interesting that something is technically going to be released in November. And we still have no official information about it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I hope the whole show isn't just like Ahsoka and Sabine cooking for Ezra every week because I feel that would get old real darn fast. Well, I feel like this era that we're kind of stuck in right now is getting kind of old, you know, like this. I love the Mandalorian and what it is. And then but also we have um, Star Wars Resistance, which was also kind of in this era, like. I want something different. And I'm yeah. glad yeah. that, you know, we're we're getting to know these characters again and see where they're going. But I kind of want to put them in the back burner right now and give us, you know, new characters. I mean, it was a fucking pleasure getting to know the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like, we're, yeah, we're still stuck in this era, but at least it's new characters. Yeah. And it's not a bunch of Jedi running around. And I don't know, I just, I mean, it just, it seems like, especially if you're doing an animated show where the sky is the limit, to go back to this well, it just shows a complete lack of courage and vision. Yeah. I don't know. I'm hopeful. I mean, also, we just got news that uh, the Cassian show is going to start shooting this year. Yeah, that was one where apparently that wasn't confirmed and I had just assumed that we already knew that. So that was sort of like a weird thing to read as news. I'm like, oh, I thought we are ready. We're knowing that was happening. But I guess not. Yeah, like I guess Diego Luna was at Entertainment Tonight and... They asked him about uh, the series, and he said, yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it this year. It's happening, and I'm getting ready for it. So, yeah, there we go. We're doing it. We'll see. I really hope it happens. Really hope that they call up a a, a nice friend of ours and say, hey, buddy, uh, we need a bad guy. We need a really, really bad guy, and... We're thinking of you because you're a really bad guy with a cape. And we like capes in Star Wars. Uh, You should join. I just, I can't get my hopes up. I am. And I know them to be disappointed in the end, but it's worth the emotional roller coaster. I just, because then I want to be, if I get my hopes up, then I want to be watching the show the whole time, no matter how good or bad it is, just thinking, man, I wish Mendo was on the show. And I don't want to approach the show that way. That's a bad way to go into a show. It reminds me of how pissed off I was at Rebels when they mentioned Krennic for like one second and then they just didn't show him at all. Yeah. That was a low fucking blow. Yeah. But Don't like that. No. 
But anyways, speaking speaking of Mendo, oh, we had a new episode of The Outsider come out. Yeah. And I'm continuing to really fucking dig this show. Just everything about it. Me too. Uh, we watched episode five, The Tear Eater. Tear Drinker? Tear Drinker. That makes more sense. Yeah, man. Fucking badass show. So, this show, once again, like, throws you in with not knowing what's going on. I like the fact that, like, it starts, you're just hearing stuff. Screen's black, and we're witnessing someone getting shot by the police. And they have the same blistery redneck that Jack has. And we get lots of cool stuff with Holly as she is working through her whole idea of like the boogeyman and what this creature is possibly after. And I like this, like talking it through with this bartender but she has this idea that, you know, the the creature is is hanging around at the the scenes of its of its crime, so that it can continue to feed off of the grief, which is what she now realizes is happening, or at least suspects is happening. And it turns out the guy who was killed at the beginning of the episode was connected with Heath, the orderly who was convicted of killing kids. And it seems like, I mean, with the blisters and everything, we know that he was sort of in the same position that Jack is now in of doing unknown things to serve this creature. It's really interesting, you know, finding out more information about, you know, this creature or, you know, its servants. But also it's interesting seeing, like, who its next target is going to be. Because I know that it has to be someone in, you know, our little inner circle of, you know, like Ralph or Jeannie or Terry's wife, who I... Still, I'm not very fond of, but, or even Holly. Like, that's the thing. I mean, we already know that, like, Jack, like, Jack has that disgusting stuff on his neck and he's part of it, but I'm wondering who else is going to be part of it. Yeah. And we also get, um, Jeannie finally really gets his chance to shine, which was which was great. I've 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 liked her so far on the show, but this sort of focus on her. Um I was super scared when it's in her waiting room and she's the guy in the hoodie and you think it's you think it's like the creature and then it's like it's a it's a fake out. But then like it did with the Maitland's daughter, it shows up in the house to tell her 
to get Jack to stop. Yeah, and we get the opportunity to see caring husband Mendo, which was interesting. I mean, definitely you see that he has his reservations, but... Yeah, I mean, he's convinced that she had a terrible dream, but the concern doesn't matter because, because when he like wakes she had she had dropped a glass and and stepped on it and then gotten into bed without even noticing and when he like watching him react to that was really heartbreaking and we get some flashbacks to right after their son had died when when he's trying to to encourage her to like get out of bed and and everything and and, and that fight there when she's you know like his you're like your way of dealing with it is drinking yourself to death so fuck you and also we learned that he was maybe not the most attentive father not like a bad dad but it just sort of not around as much as maybe he should have been because because genie has this line about how like you know this was it was it was her and their son yeah we're finding out more about this family which is like really interesting because you know we get this flashback scenes of mendo like the last episode of him getting really drunk in a bar and causing a fight or no because there's a fight that started and he like finishes it so i feel like there's still a little bit of mystery like to mendo and his character and you know how everything you know went down and you can tell that you know their marriage is definitely strain you know definitely because of like the loss of their child but i feel like there's just like so much more emotion there you know yeah i i love them together they're both such good actors and i've i've really liked as we get more and more about this relationship but we also then have her um like the this the the sketch that comes out of this that is deformed still but looking or starting to look slightly and at least enough to in, in Mendo's mind to trigger this to him which is like it's starting to look like the bouncer from the strip club and this if you go back to the Maitland kid she was because you know the creature visited her a couple of times and she said when she first saw it, it looked like her dad, but wasn't. And then the next time it looked less like her dad. And the time at, the last time, she it didn't look like her dad at all. And so now we're seeing that go the other way. That's so weird. Like, I don't know. It, there's just so much going on. And it's like, I love this show, but it's like, I want... I want answers now, you know? And I'm, I mean, ugh. And, and Holly has Ralph go to where Terry's buried to take pictures of it. And what I like here is he trusts her enough to go and do this. Even when she's like, I don't, I don't even know what you're looking for. You're just looking for something. And then we find out that where he's buried is right near the barn where his where Terry's clothes were found. I thought that was really great how Jeannie was, because um, how obviously Ralph was going to go, and Jeannie's like, we should invite Terry's wife, 
you know, because it would be weird for her not to know that you're visiting his grave. Yeah, it's like, this isn't going to be a pleasant conversation, but it's going to be more pleasant than if she finds out later. Yeah, I really like the relationship between her and um, Jeannie. Yes. I just love Jeannie so much. I do too. Like she's just like so compassionate and caring. And I feel like she'll have your back no matter what. Like definitely like she'll believe in you no matter what. And I feel like I definitely like see this, you know, her her and Ralph and uh, I don't know. Well, even her job. Yeah. Like working working uh, with, with addicts and people in recovery and trying to help them regain their lives. And we're even starting to get the the side characters fleshed out more when Jack does show up at Tamika's baby shower, but is still in real bad shape. But is not drinking. And gets into it with Tamika. And it's really cool because they do this in a way where we don't know, I mean, much about either of these characters but it's obviously like a real friendship there that he's betraying and they do a good job of of showing us that without spelling it out explicitly mm-hmm. like we don't need to know everything about them you can just tell hey they used to be really good friends and he is not showing up the way he's supposed to and there's a cool like conversation with with ralph where Jack has this whole, you know, I'm we're never we're never going to be friends, but I'm going to try harder that we can at least work together, and I'm going to actually do my job and shit. And it's 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 hard because we I mean we saw that character being a huge sleaze bag, obviously, but he is trying to fight whatever this is that's being done to him. Yeah, I mean, I know that Jack is just such like a weird and off-putting guy, but it's awful seeing what this creature is doing to him. Yeah, and and the way they do it through this 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 guy who had known Heath is is an interesting one when he I mean, we find out at the end of it he actually commits suicide by cop. He he takes somebody hostage with what turns out to be an instant uh, an, an empty gun, and gets the police to kill him because he feels so much guilt over what happened to Heath. And we don't we don't quite know what he did, but it's not good. I don't know. I mean, there's like so many theories of like what could be happening. Like if it was actually like the dude that died from suicide by cop that was one that actually killed the kids but used like uh the fingerprints of heath like i don't know but i'm I'm eager to find find out what happened because i hate seeing all these wonderful people being like so much pain and confusion you know especially like terry terry maitland's wife like i can't imagine the shit she must be going through right now you know, losing her husband and having to, you know, fend for her daughters and, you know, this big investigation going on and her not really knowing what's like going on right now, you know? 
Yeah. It's, I, I just think everybody, like everybody on the show is doing such a good job. And I am constantly impressed by how the film, filming and directing are working. I just, I knew I would, I won't, I knew I'd probably enjoy the show just because, hey, it's Stephen King with Ben Mendelsohn in it. But I did not expect it to actually be this well made. Me neither. And this was a show definitely that in, you know, a novel too that I never really heard of. I never really watched any trailers for this until, you know, I watched like the first couple episodes and I was like, this is so good. Every single character, you feel sympathy or you feel something towards, you know, everyone is performing wonderfully. Like you believe that these are like real people going through like real shit and just it's it's amazing how a great cast can make a show just so much more enjoyable yeah for a a show that is about a possibly genuine boogeyman that is killing kids and becomes other people through supernatural means of some sort can feel really grounded but the characters are so well drawn that it it never goes into like campy horrorness at all yeah it's really good I love Holly too I can't say that enough oh she's so good I have a soft spot for Andy's his name, right? Is the that, guy that is yeah. like really into her? Yeah. I have a soft spot for him. You know, I do too. And at first he seemed like such a creep. Mm-hmm. But he's he's genuinely really sweet and I like that he is totally respectful of her boundaries. And and lets her really lead everything. I love it. I hope to see more of him. And then especially her. Yeah. She's great. Yeah, well, we have... Yeah, we're halfway through. Yeah. Oh, we're halfway through? I thought it was eight episodes. I think it's ten. Ooh. Thank God I get more. Maybe. I don't know. I think ten. I hope my, the show yeah. wins some awards. Yeah, my little TV calendar thing that I use shows 10 episodes. Thank God. Yeah, give Mendo an Emmy. That would be a day. Yeah, I want, I want Mendo to get an Emmy. Uh, well, um, do you want to get to email? Sure. We have an email from our friend Rebecca in Perth. Uh, she says, oh, she titles it The Mandalorian Child. Hi, Canto Biters. Things got weird for me when you guys mentioned The Mandalorian, and this image I got stuck in my head. I figure if I have to see it, it's best you see it too. Hooroo, Rebecca in Perth. <laughs> and it is the the image of Baby Yoda drinking the soup out of the mug, but it is Ben Mendelsohn's head holding a 4 and 20 meat pie instead of the mug. 
and it's brilliant and we'll put it up when this episode goes out but it made me laugh a lot thank you rebecca the photoshop in this picture is like quite impressive i love it i know i felt so bad she messaged me and she's like i hope you didn't think that was creepy and i was like oh no <laughs> that is not creepy i'm like i love this i mean it is like, it is creepy but in a hilarious way yeah oh my god i just that is mendo like holding because you know how much mendo loves a four and 20 <laughs> yeah we have many sound bits of him saying, oh, I love a well, 4 and 20. Well, we, no, we have the same sound bite that Steele played about a hundred times. Uh, I hope we hear more. I love those little sound bites. Like, and I remember like it took me like a, too long of time to realize that he was saying a 4 and 20. Like, I thought you were saying, like, a 4 and 20. I'm like, like, a 4 and 20 dollar bill. I'm like, what's he saying? But then I realized that it was a type of meat pie and then it made sense I love this thank you Rebecca well I think that's it for email and news I hope yeah we talked about birds of prey we talked about our lovely friend Monster's birthday. I rode Resistance. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, Emily, where can we find you and the podcast on social media? The podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at CantabitePod. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. You can follow the fundraising adventures i am having for housing works which is an organization that fights homelessness and aids it's based here in new york city it's really awesome and we are earning money for them and if we earn 15 grand we'll watch cats for 24 hours straight and live stream it and you can follow that on twitter at cats 24 hours and i don't have all the information on where you can go to donate and shit yeah. And you can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. Thank you everyone for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Here we go. Yo, 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 and away we go It's time to serenade my girl Lindo Sorry the ladies where I had to say no But if I'm cheating on Serena, it's on Canto No shame in the game Make even Rogue One seem tame But I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main Yeah, that's fire Love on the rocks leaves the love on my socks Lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked Especially when y'all truly whips out his cock Canto bite Episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls E and B deserve congratulations Our adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop lines for our friends
bitches. This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches. Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches. This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches. Throw your hands up, bitches, all my Canto bitches. Start off with my Aussies, Catherine's a sweet one. Brought cash into lunch with Canto bitch number one. Josh made it a team and had bourbon and cornflakes. The kind of ice cream that made him show me his O face. Got to meet Turbo and throw back some brews. Fish tacos in San Fran, you know we approve. Rebecca from Perth, I haven't met you yet. Last shout to Fruity dude, I didn't forget. This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches. Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches. This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches. Throw your hands up, bitches, all my Canto bitches. Rabia and Adele often email the show. I cut a track on them trolls with Johnny Grasso. Jesse McGee busted a rap for me. Met her and Horse B at Scum and Villainy. King Tom, Death Watch, the most regal of fathers. Got to behold the luscious locks of Strata. Shouted Rusty last time, so I shout a Raj too. You know the list ain't complete without Lesson Boo. This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches. Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches. This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches. Throw your hands up, bitches, all my Canto bitches. Now if I didn't say your name, don't feel no shame. You love the fun, the games, and refresher bangs. Hang on every word of Lindo's fanfic, where she describes every vein in Mendo's dick. Spread the word, maybe buy a t-shirt. I don't know, maybe ask the girls if Yaddle squirts. Take your CBD, send in your top three, and you'll always be a bitch like me. Get him, Eric.